So in today's world, uh, it is uh, come to my attention that it is a Mister Rogers world, uh, and we just live in it. Uh, and still today, I mean, the man has uh, the man passed away about sixteen or seventeen years ago now, and he's still leaving a mark on our society. And uh, author Gavin Edwards, uh, joining us here on uh, Chewing the Fat here in the break room, uh, has just uh, written a new book uh, called Kindness and Wonder, Why Mr. Rogers Matters Now More Than Ever. Uh, You may know him from uh, other works, uh, a couple of my favorites, uh, The Tao of Bill Murray and uh, Excuse Me While I Kiss This Guy, one of my, I mean, uh, one of the all-time favorite topics of any radio person in the world uh, because uh, everyone has misheard lyrics uh, from the time that they were uh, a little kid listening to music. But one of the things that it talks about, and Gavin, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Howdy, neighbor. Uh, I, uh, one of the things that it talked about, before we get to the, uh, the Fred Rogers book, uh, Mr. Rogers book, uh, it talked about you uh, at one time being a demolition derby driver. That is true. Uh, I mean, you, it was a one-shot. I, I'm not saying I went pro or anything. But. Do they even do those anymore? Seriously. No. Uh, well, uh, yeah. Uh, this was a uh, racetrack uh, out in uh, Long Island, um, and just at the end of the night, uh, you know, they say, okay, you got your car, uh, yeah. bring it out, and, you know, just, like, beat each other into submission. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, I was forced to go to those as a kid, man, in Michigan. I remember those things forever. School buses, trailers. I mean, all oh, it was great. I, I, would, I would be a fan if there was actually a place that – that actually happened where it was fun today. I remember um, the safety talk at the end. Uh, the guy said, all right, you know, like when your car dies, stay in your car. Yeah, unless don't. your car is in fire, in which case you have my permission <laughs> to get out. <laughs> so good. So you didn't have any dreams of becoming pro, though. That's kind of disappointing. No, nah, but it was, uh, it was really like a blast to do once. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Gavin, your latest book, uh, Why Mr. Rogers Matters Now More Than Ever, uh, Give us the main reason. Why does he matter now more than ever? You know, uh, it feels like everywhere you look in this world, you know, like no matter what side of the political fence you're on, you know, it just feels like the world is like meaner and nastier and people are sniping at each other. um, And, you know, sort of nobody is actually like, I think, approaching each other with kindness. And, you know, like we live in an era where just it seems like it's cruel and it's rude. And uh, I think uh, that, you know, like Mr. Rogers, you know, the, uh, cared about a lot of things. You know, like number one was kids, but yeah. you know, like his main thing in life was you know, like listening to people, understanding them, making a connection, approaching them with kindness, and we can learn a lot from that right now. So, in the book, you have a lot of uh, you have some interviews uh, from people who uh, talk about how Mr. Rogers, uh, you know, affected their life and uh, got them through their day. Um, you know. It, Lynn Swan, Rita Moreno, just to name a couple. But um, did you ever, did you run into anyone that said, that damn Mr. Rogers? <laughs> I can't take this guy. If he tells me it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood one more time, man. Yeah, um, I don't think I ran into anybody who had an unkind <laughs> word to say about him. And the thing is, I met a fair number of people who sort of met him off camera and to a person, down the line, they all said he is the guy in real life you thought he was on TV. Um, they, you know, like it was not an act; it was not like a persona he put on for the camera. Like that was just how he approached the world. I mean, he did a lot of number of things on the on the uh, the show that were well that, that are at least today perceived as you know cutting edge. You know, uh, 
covering you know all kinds of controversial subjects or at least they were considered controversial at the time and uh you know he kind of well for lack of a better thought dumbed it down to kids and you know then even with the parents are watching with mr rogers they're like well yeah well that that makes sense doesn't it um i mean there there was a lot of that on i mean that was all on purpose right well i mean i don't think he thought of it as dumbing it down uh, he yeah, thought of know, it very was... much as just sort of um the, but you know you Making wanted to like, communicate in a language that like kids could understand yes. and yes. sometimes it was incredibly subtle and thoughtful like one of the things that i never knew when i was because why would i know when i was watching the show as a kid you know like unlike sesame street he wasn't about drilling like letters and numbers you know it, it was much more about you know sort of like getting kids comfortable in the world but he would still do like sort of the under, underpinnings of what they needed to know and some of that was hey, I'm going to explain, like, a heavy topic to you, like, this yeah. is what divorce is, or this is what death is, or I'm going to show you, like, sort of, like, we're going to go on a visit to the crayon factory, and you can see, like, how your crayons get made. Right. But there's things like, he would almost always, if he could, stage the action going from left to right. Didn't make a big deal about it, but just, you know, sort of the trolley goes left to right, he comes in the house and the door on the left, he walks right. to the right, and that was because for kids who hadn't learned to read yet, he wanted to get them, like in the habit of your eyes go left to right so that when you do learn to read, like you're going to naturally follow that pattern. So he was not in the tank for China. He was, uh, he was for us. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, sort of kids in China or, uh, you know, sort of like reading Hebrew, like it's Tough. not as helpful. But <laughs> So I, I, one of my favorites actually is one of my favorite stories that I, I didn't even, it wouldn't, I don't know that I would have thought about it even i mean in today's world no way was uh when they had such a controversy over uh the african-american kids swimming in the pools with uh with the white kids where he had his african-american mailman come in on a hot day and cool down by putting their feet in the same pool together it was just i know yes, it's like holy cow i mean it makes it's just like it, he's telling you hey dummy it's okay <laughs> yeah yeah, Francois uh, Clement, uh, who uh, played the police officer in the neighborhood. The police officer, um, yeah, I said the mailman. But, um, yeah. And, you know, he had this, like, little waiting pool, and yeah. it was just sort of like, it was very pointed of, like, I like to cool off. And sure then was. Sort of like, and then he's, like, toweling uh, each other uh, off on the, their feet, and, you know, sort of, uh, Francois, it would happen to, said it felt like, you know, sort of like almost like Jesus with the disciples. And, you know, sort of like he'd been chosen to, like, have this, like, you know, very visible bond of friendship. And uh, it was just very, like, moving to him on a personal level. But obviously it also, you know, sort of played as, you know, like this is an interracial neighborhood and this is not a big yeah, deal. it's not a big deal at all. It was, I, I thought that was, I always thought that was wonderful. So your favorite, what, what's the favorite thing? that you learned about Mr. Rogers in writing the book uh, Kindness and Wonder um, that you didn't know and you thought, wow, that's something. I'll tell you first, uh, sort of like a small thing along the way, um, which was I had no idea until I did this book that Mr. Rogers did not ever say, "Can you say that?" Uh, that like you know, sort of, <laughs> which everyone does in their Mr. Rogers impressions, you know. Sort of Absolutely, like, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, so can you say trolley? Can you say ladder? You know, he just you know, maybe once every twenty years it would come out of his mouth. It was not the drumbeat that everyone thinks it is when they that's, do their impression. That's really funny. Because you absolutely would swear up and down that that's him. 
Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, if you're doing it, like uh, Mr. Rogers' impression, you got to put on the sweater and you got to say, you know, can you say that? Can you say that? Uh, yeah. I, for me, the thing was finding out that, you know, wherever he was, uh, you know, like he could be out at like a fancy dinner, like in his honor. And if he saw like a kid standing in the corner or looking uncomfortable, he would drop what he was doing and like go over to that kid and get down on one knee and you know sort of like and relate to the kid. And there's a story of like a little girl uh, like at a party like that. She had uh, just been adopted. She uh, like didn't speak English. She was from a Russian orphanage, and so he like took her over to the piano and like you know sort of like found a way to communicate on the piano with her. He was just like if he saw like the child, he wanted to make a connection. He wanted to make it okay for them. Mm-hmm. Was there ever a time in his life where he, uh, you know, obviously at, at some point he knew what a difference he was making, right? I mean, in the beginning, maybe not so much. He knew what he wanted to create, and he, you know, fought to create this, you know, television show, this this piece of art that he wanted to do. But there, did, did you ever find a time in his life, and maybe, you know, in some interviews with his wife or whatever, that, uh, you know, he thought, man, I just not working i can't do it it's not doesn't it's not reaching well um there's two times i would say one is in the middle of the show he just stopped for a couple of years uh that you know he decided like hey i've done everything i need to do um and he started this like adult show uh, called old friends new friends uh, and it was uh, on pbs and he uh, traveled around and you know sort of interviewed uh you know, sort of like Willie Stargell, the oh, wow. Pirates, and like, uh, and concert pianist, and so on. And it's kind of fascinating, but you could also see he's not using all his talents. Uh, that you know, he's a smart guy and he knows how to put together a TV show. But you're like, right. yeah, but you're also really good at singing songs and you're really good at puppets. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. we're going to work that in here. Right, right, right. <laughs> and after a couple of years, he uh, sort of figured out, oh, like he just needed a break. He had done so many uh, like shows, uh, but then to like sort of come back and sort of be revived and say, like, this is, like, what my life's work is meant to be. Right. Yeah. Um, but no, on his deathbed, he was not sure. He asked his wife, uh, you know, sort of like, uh, uh, you know, sort of like, did I help people? Like, was I uh, one of the goat or was I one of the sheep? Uh, and, you know, he uh, oh really, uh, you know, sort of this, and it's, you know, anyone who, like, is ever uncertain about, are they making a difference in the world? Like, Mr. Rogers, who devoted his whole life to helping people and made so much of a difference. Be aware, he wasn't sure either. Everyone has these feelings. Sure. That you don't know whether, and, uh, you know, like, she reassured him, Fred, you're a good man. You did everything you could. Uh, but, you know, sort of, the, you know, even he, you know, like, at the very end, wasn't sure. Did he Did he enjoy the, uh, and maybe, you know, you, you didn't ever find this out, but did he ever enjoy, you talked about, you know, how, what the things that he never said, but it was all part of the parody of being Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers. Mm-hmm. Um, did he ever enjoy any of that? Was he angry at that? Did he think, did he find it funny? Because, I mean, we have stories, you, you know, you laugh about, uh, can you say that? And uh, right. the little things that he always, that he never said that we obviously think he did, but there were also, you know, the stories of, uh, you know, being Mr. Uh, Mr. Military, Mr. Tatted Up all over and, you know, Mr. Right. Mr. War Guy that just weren't true. 
Those just aren't true. And so Mr. Rogers was really easy to parody, right? You know, yeah. he's, he's sort of like, he's got this very distinctive cadence. You know, he sort of represents something. And it's funny when on, like, SCTV or whatever, you know, he's sort of like, uh, there's... Oh, uh, my, fa- of there's the, a, uh, <laughs> my favorite, if you've never... If, oh, if you have never heard uh, the uh, Monty Python uh, bit, it is... Hilarious, but anyway, that's yeah. That's, uh, you know, he's breaking a head over to yeah. a child. Or yeah, Johnny yeah. Carson used to like <laughs> you know, make fun of him all the time. You know, yeah, and they're like yeah. famously like Eddie Murphy. I said, "Why?" It's an you know, easy like target. Robinson's it's it's easy fun. Yeah. So you know, like he. Uh, it, I think it was genuinely a little tough for him because uh, what you have to know is when he was a kid growing up, he was very awkward. He was very shy. Um, he was overweight. He was asthmatic. He didn't have a lot of friends. Um, and so, uh, you know, which is, I think, part of why he was so good with kids yeah. because he remembered how hard it had been for him when he was a kid. That, you know, it was like Nobody was there uh, for he him. A, yeah, the, yeah. He had so he had a lonely childhood. Uh, and so, you know, he, you know, sort of tried to be a good sport about it. And people would say, no, like, we don't do this. Uh, you know, we wouldn't do this if, like, we didn't love where you were coming from. And there were a few times where he would actively put a stop to it. Like, uh, if he thought it was something that was, like, endangering children. Like, he heard, like, uh, there was a radio impression uh, where uh, somebody was pretending to be him and said, hey, kids, go get, like, your mom's hairspray and a cigarette lighter and make a flamethrower. And he's like, you know, like, the lawyers come out at that point. (laughs) (laughs) But otherwise, uh, you know, like, he got the joke. And, uh, you know, sort of really kind of delightfully, when he was uh, went back to New York uh, to be on David Letterman's show, um, it was in the same building as where Saturday Night Live was. And he had been, years and years before, he'd been like a junior producer uh, at NBC. So he knows his way around. And, you know, he takes the elevator and he goes up to the SNL studios and, like, Eddie Murphy's there. And, you know, he's, nice. he's like, listens, like, oh my God, it's the real Mr. Robinson. There's this lovely photo of the two of them together. And they both just sort of, like, although they came at it in very different ways, they yeah. both, like, took pleasure in each other. And it was nice to know that, like, they could, like, make a connection that way. No mm-hmm. kidding. So, Gavin, the latest book, Kindness and Wonder, uh, Why Mr. Rogers Matters Now More Than Ever, uh, is your latest book. And it's, uh, you know, available for pre-order as we speak. And uh, it's uh, out everywhere at uh, the end of the month, October 29th uh, of 2019. Uh, I appreciate it. Anything, is there anything extra special in this book? And I apologize because I have not read this page for page yet. And I hate, I hate doing a, an interview without having read, uh, read the book. But is there anything in here that... Uh, really jumped. I mean, we've covered quite a bit of ground, but really jumped out at you that uh, really took I you by surprise. One weird thing you may enjoy, um, which was I found that there were uh, like George Romero, um, the, who uh, did the uh, Night of the Living Dead zombie movie, yeah. um, uh, was also in Pittsburgh at the same time uh, Mr. Rogers uh, was doing Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and they shared crew. They like almost like shared some of the same actors. Um, the George Romero like made educational films for Picture Picture, uh, like uh, on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. So these two very different uh, like artists uh you know like made a connection like they were neighbors and like you know they found each other and i i love that you know sort of like these parallel lives you know like end up uh, like finding fellowship together right. it's so strange that you took you you know that he questioned uh that he questioned himself on you know did he make a difference because you know you you do mention in the book how it uh was uh very evident that the early days were 
they thought were you know maybe a little bit more fun because no one was an icon yet you know it wasn't a show that uh, everyone knew and was trying to make a difference it was just mr rogers and his crew trying to do good things for kids yeah, and I mean, and one of the stories, from the, he kept on being surprised when he found, like, they would have, like, a public event of, like, hey, you know, sort of, like, uh, I'm going to appear in, uh, like, Boston or L.A., and then, like, 5,000 families show up, and he sort of, like, learns, oh, yeah, you know, sort of, like... Uh, it's, yeah. it's a very strange medium, you know, like I'm alone in a studio, but I am actually uh, reaching people. Uh, yeah. So that was really moving for him. So listen, you've got a, you've, you've hit, uh, you've hit a pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, piece here with kindness and wonder. Uh, Mr. Rogers, it is a Mr. Rogers world. I mean, your book's coming out uh, <laughs> and then you have, uh, then we have the big movie uh, coming out uh, next month, right in November That's right. of uh, yeah. 2019. So, I mean, it is, it is a Mr. Rogers world. Did you, uh, you know what? If it could be just even a little more of a Mr. Rogers world, uh, you know, sort of like if people, you know, not all day, every day, but just now and then they said, hey, like, how would Mr. Rogers handle this? Then, like, I'd feel like I'd done my work. Gavin Edwards, Kindness and Wonder, uh, pre-order now, available everywhere at uh, the end of the month. Thank you, man. I appreciate you coming on. It was very kind. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, it's such a pleasure to speak with you. Take care, man. 